Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Freedom, baby. That's um, these guys' jobs is to make sure that their clients enjoy sweet freedom. Seven fifty on your Thursday morning again. Big hour coming up next with Mike Francesa, WFAN legend, part of that great Mike and the Mad Dog show for so many years, and Bill O'Reilly. Both coming up next hour. But uh, in my studio right now, I've got two guys who I love and respect immensely. One of those guys is uh, well, he served us uh, proudly. And that is uh, Thomas Kniff, and the other is his partner, Stephen Razor, and uh, two really hokey, good-looking guys, by the way. <laughs> and uh, you guys know who they are because uh, Daniel Penny, of course, is on trial because this douchebag, uh, corrupt Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg, this racist son of a bitch, uh, took this hero Marine and um, and has made this uh, trial into rather a, a New York hero saving lives into a whole racism nonsense. He's got a grand jury and just one of the many things Alvin Bragg has done wrong along the way. So you two guys have gained notoriety because of that. But the truth is, uh, you guys have been doing this uh, since long before that. Where exactly, I'll start with you, Steve, where did uh, you meet Tom? How did this whole relationship start? Met at the uh, DA's office. Uh, we were actually there under... Judge Janine Pirro is D.A. Pirro at the time. No uh, way. So small world. So you for worked sure. for Judge Janine? We did. Now, yeah. you know, she's on this show every Wednesday. Her and I are very, very, very tight. And mm-hmm. I love her. I think she's the best talent on Fox News. Well, we love her, too. But she Absolutely. looks like if she's in a bad mood, she could be a bitch on wheels. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, be honest. How'd that go with Janine? I'll be honest. She was a great boss. I have Bye-bye. to say she's she is the best boss I ever had, and she's been a great friend over the years. Um, so we, we absolutely – we're the big fan club still of Judge Janine Pirro. Um, so we love to uh, see her and uh, occasionally even get on her show here and there. Oh, she's so, the best. Yeah, so Tom and I, we met there. Uh, we started working. And we just happened to share the same office. Uh, Tom was in appeals. I was in uh, pretrial motions. So uh, we got to know each other there, and eventually we moved on to trials. And then what I did, which was very smart in order to 
get to know Tom a little bit better. I invited him into the military and I showed him how to get in. <laughs> oh, is that right? True. Yeah, yeah. No, is that so, true? Did you actually oh, serve? Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, oh, you yeah. did? Well, I served with Tom. So oh, you we, did? we basically went in together. So we went to officer basic you course a together. You bonus for bringing yeah. me in. You <laughs> should have. Like, I, I mean, should have. This I, guy's I, been in for almost 20 years. I, I know. I ain't seen a dime of a referral on that. I know you've got a beautiful <laughs> wife. I think her name is Emily, right? Emily, she is right. beautiful. But you guys are basically, you guys are basically married. You served together. You worked together. You guys are basically married. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Yeah, I guess you could say that. I didn't. I never thought of it that way. Thank you for yeah, saying no, it you in that are. terms. You know, when I first <laughs> we're open-minded <laughs> here at Razor Knip. <laughs> right, right. Well, you say Razor Knip. It's funny you say that because when they brought me back to New York, and they brought me back to host the Midday Show with Bernard, you know. But Bernie is, uh, God rest his soul, he was a legend. He worked with Imus. He had been here for 20 years, and I was a rebel coming back, you know. So we sat down. We actually talked about the name of the show. They said... If you're okay with it, we're going to go with Bernie and Sid. I go, I, I couldn't care less. Come on, give me a break. But I miss would always break my balls and go, clearly Bernie's the driver because <laughs> his name is first. <laughs> and in your example, it's Razor and Kniff. So is it 50-50 or are you, Steve, the real boss? Well, what it is is it sounds a lot better, Razor and Kniff. Otherwise, <laughs> Damn it, it sounds- does. Damn it does. <laughs> Does it sound a lot better for you, Tom? Maybe no, for Steve? Do you, want, do you want to do Kniff and Razor? Kniff and Razor. Sorry. Sorry. Well, because but it's I, 20 I years of hearing Razor and Kniff, so that sounds intuitive. But, but sounds I'll tell you good. a quick story. It was actually a blind co- uh, coin toss. So oh, you want to okay. talk about... You, you know what? That was a secret. Okay, you're saying this on the air for the first trusted, time. It, yeah, trusted you heard it here, right? Uh, we were yeah. on the phone with each other. We're like, what do we want to call it? Kniff and Razor, Razor and Kniff. I don't know. I said, you have a coin? Go toss a coin and let me know. I'll call heads. He called tails. And, and, That's how know. it happened? But I, well, try, you know, I trust him. I, I didn't well, verify. Well, know? no, this is really true, though, because this shows you the level of trust that mm-hmm. we have. And I literally did flip that coin, and that coin landed on the floor. Sure and you t- did. <laughs> yeah, by the way, it was a 200 <laughs> coin. You can't have remorse now. <laughs> by, by the way, you, can't, you cannot change the fact that Kniff and Razor is not a good name. All right, fair <laughs> enough. So we go with the Razor and Kniff. Uh, before we take our first break, we'll get back and talk about uh, Penny and the city well you guys did both serve in iraq so you tell yes. me tom what was that like so the the experience i mean we were, i remember we were talking about this i think on veterans day said i mean you look back on it and you know obviously it, it altered our lives you know i mean we would I, the, we would not be here today seeing across from you if we didn't have that experience yeah um you know it was difficult when we were over there um there were people that we served with very close someone very very close to steve who didn't come back oh boy um so you were just in baghdad where were you guys we're in tikrit Tikrit. hussein's hometown so you know you put it all in perspective i mean for i i I tell everyone um and i I know razor would say the same thing it's like you know as as much as i gave i got back tenfold in return Mm. never planned it that way never thought it could happen that way um i think the average iraqi over there loved americans supported what we were doing I think the difference is where, you know, we have that Western, you know, give us liberty or give us death. That mindset doesn't really pervade in that part of, no, the, of part of the world, not. in my opinion. You know, um, last week I was in Israel. So one of the nights I was invited by my friend Yehuda to go to a barbecue. So people don't realize this, but the Israelis are also fighting in Judea and Samaria, not just Gaza and the possibility of a fight in the north. There's big fights in Janine right there. So 200 soldiers had just served four months, and they came home, and they threw them this big barbecue up by Gush Etzion, and they invited me. And I spoke to these soldiers, and one by one, they didn't just shake my hand, Stephen Thomas. They kissed me. They hugged me like I was a long-lost relative. They were so gracious, and they couldn't wait. They couldn't wait after coming home that night for the next assignment 
I'm only stunned by the patriotism, by the love of land, by the love of religion, by the love of freedom that all you guys share, whether it's you and Steve in Iraq or these IDF soldiers in Israel, it's like talking to the same guy. And you all, you all are ready to go back tomorrow, knowing full well you lost friends. These guys lost friends. But if you were young enough and able enough and they asked you to come back, you would both go back, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Proud to serve. And, uh, you know, if your country calls on you, it's, it's, it's what you do. Um, we, we were younger and in better shape back then. <laughs> You're actually in really good shape. I'm not sure you. I mean, you both look great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure anybody yeah. in the military wants. Yeah. Now, by the way, they got you. Tom said very quickly I would go back. Steve sporting a very nice suit looking like a million bucks. I live in a great life in New York. You weren't so quick to say you go back. Would you go back? No, no I, I, you know, honestly, Sid, I, it, one of the interesting things about this journey has been that, you know, when Tom and I were in the DA's office, we used to, uh, we did debate the uh, Iraq war, whether or not we should be going in. Uh, Tom was very much in support of it. I very much was not. Yeah. Um, well, but, you were right. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Tom. <laughs> well, and, you know, the reality was for me, though, that because uh, I did actually volunteer to go, but it was never with the idea that the overall mission was something that I really believed in. But what sure. I believed in was our fellow soldiers and supporting sure. them right. and getting them through a difficult time. Well, you have to understand, a lot of guys in Vietnam felt the same way. Like, right. what the hell are we doing here? But they right. still fought because that's your job. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back again. One of the most high-profile cases in a long time in the this city. Daniel Penny will get to that, plus some more with this unbelievably great one-two combination, Razor and Knip. Steve Razor and Thomas Knip. Need an attorney today? Call these guys. We'll be right back. Handling legal matters is stressful. So, let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. All right, back as we start the 8 o'clock hour. Good song, Lewis. Don't forget Mike Francesa and Bill O'Reilly coming up this hour. The one-two punch of Steve Razor and Tom Knipp, the great law firm here in New York City. And again, you guys really gained uh, much of your notoriety. I knew you before because you ran Thomas against Alvin Bragg, and I had you on the show, and my God, <laughs> what a disaster that turned out to be. How much better off would we be in this city if Thomas Kniff was actually the DA and not this racist scumbag, Alvin Bragg? But anyway, uh, let me move on. So you guys gained notoriety with this Daniel Penny case. And I said from day one, I've never stopped saying it, Daniel Penny's a hero. If you don't believe me, Al Sharpton, Eric Adams, and the rest of our black leaders, 
Ask the black lady who said on the train to Thomas and Stephen to the court that this man saved her life. Ask the black man that assisted Daniel Penny in, in getting Jordan Neely, who was probably drugged out of his mind to the ground before he really did hurt or kill somebody. Just ask people inside your own community what a great person he was, a white Marine. But it doesn't matter. There's a grand jury, a trial, all this nonsense for nothing. Uh, tell me, I'll start with you, Steve, anything new on this Daniel Penny case? Well, I mean, what's new is that we're continuing to prepare for trial, which is, it looks like it's going to be in the fall, most likely October, I would say, potentially September. So all that we're doing now is, you know, we're preparing the evidence, we're preparing our case, uh, we, we've developed our trial team, and we're going to make sure that Danny gets a fair trial. Uh, which is important. I know he loves you guys. To get a fair trial... And I know you believe this. We've had this conversation. I really believe this. There's got to be a toxicology report. There was a lot of rumors that this kid Neely was doing drugs. I forget the specific drug, maybe ketamine, I don't know. But that he was doing drugs, a lot of drugs. And people said on the train that day, from what I read, he looked like he was spaced out of his mind, making him even more dangerous. But last I spoke to you, there was still no toxicology report. Yeah, so we, we have toxicology. You do. And as expected, um, he tested positive for... K2, which K2. is a synthetic yeah. cannabinoid. Say that three times well, fast. Doesn't that help right. your case immensely? Well, absolutely. You know, it helps in a couple of ways because the law in New York is such that even a lay person can identify and form an opinion about someone who appears to be under the influence of drugs or alcohol, right? Uh, you don't have to be an expert to make an evaluation or a police officer to say, hey, this guy looked high as a kite, right? And those observations were made by our client, you know, at, at the time of the incident. He, Heated them in the aftermath. Um, they were also corroborated by the individuals on the subway car, which, as you pointed out, said, you know, all different races and colors and creeds. This is a New York City subway car, right? It is, yeah. If it has anything, it has diversity. Yeah. They all corroborate that he was acting in a manner consistent with someone who was just completely unhinged. Right. Then we get the toxicology report. Um, and by the way, it's, it's known that, that uh, Jordan Neely had a history of using these synthetic drugs, which can be incredibly dangerous. Uh, you know, the lawyer, the, the, the lawyers for the other side went out and said, oh, you know, the fact that he had marijuana in his system, he had marijuana in his system, he had like cannabinoid, which is basically, yeah. Yeah. you know, whatever they can, can, can concoct yeah. to make this stuff. You never know what's in it. And it has been cases all throughout the country where people have, you know, just done insane things on it. Of so, course. so that, that, that's going to be yeah. part of the case. I think there's a lot more to the case than that. And a, and a lot more to the to, and a lot more favorable things to the, to the defense, but certainly that's a, that's a that's an ingredient. Well, one of the uh, criticisms that was uh, leveled at you guys, not from me, I think you guys are the best, but uh, another attorney once said to me, "You know, I just saw Daniel Penny speak on Fox News. The guy's great. The guy makes a better case for himself than Steve or Tom could ever do. Why didn't they interview him, now, the grand jury? Why wasn't he put up there to speak?" And, and that would be the one of the criticisms, because I, I imagine when this thing does go to trial, he is going to be up there, right? You're going to put him on the stand. Why Why would you wait for then? If, if back then, way back then, he could have made a very good argument for himself. Well, you know, that's that's part of the problem. You know, it's called Monday night quarterbacking, number one. Number two is, you know, unfortunately, when you're handling a case, you can't just be out there talking about every detail. So the attorney that you spoke to doesn't know what we know in all fairness to him, um, and that that's just the way it is, right? So 
There's a but strategic. You don't regret that decision. Not, no, not at all. And we, we have to also keep it in context. Um, you know, I would say 99% of the time, you don't have your client testify, right? So that, that would be going against the tide to begin with. Agreed. The decision that we made, uh, for him to not testify, uh, we still stand by that decision. And, and perhaps in the future, we could talk about all the details of the case that led us to that point. Gotcha. Yeah, so, so, just on Steve's point, real quick, another thing that the average person doesn't understand, even a lot of experienced attorneys that don't do what we do is, when you have a client testify in front of the grand jury, yeah, it's done maybe even 1% of the cases. It looks completely different than a courtroom. We're there, but we can't, we can't voice objections. Right. You can't do anything to defend right. the client. The, the, the term is you're a potted plant as a defense. You leave them out on an island, basically. So, so you're, you're, put, much, you're yeah. putting them out there for the district attorney to, you know, have their day. Yeah. Uh, and of course, everything is transcribed and then they can manipulate that and use that against your client. That's why it's so rare yeah. for it ever to occur. Just to repeat myself, I was with you guys. I think you guys made the right move. So well, on the way out then, is it fair to say that based upon what looks like a colossal amount of evidence? Now, again, that doesn't always work for us, right? I mean, O.J. Simpson played golf and dated white women for many, many years. Uh, <laughs> So, so we just never know. But based upon what we know up to this point, it seems almost impossible that the verdict will be guilty for Daniel Penny. But, of course, you have to wait uh, till the – listen, you can't you can't call the score until the game is played, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you fight the fight uh, and, and and you don't take anything for granted. You don't leave any stone unturned, as, as Razor pointed out. I mean, we have a you know, team of lawyers, team of experts. We, we, thankfully, we have the resources because of the legal fund, and money still continues to come in, and we need it. Um but yeah, you know, neither of us can conceive of a situation where 12 jurors unanimously agree that our client is guilty and we think he's going to be acquitted, but it's awful that he has to go through the situation. It's fairly awful. So Steve, uh, moving forward for folks who uh, love you guys like I do and would love to, uh, you know, hire you guys, quite frankly, down the road. What's the easiest way to get in touch with Razor and Kniff? Well, you can look us up online, uh, razorandkniff.com. Uh, you could also call our office. Our numbers are there. Our emails are there. We're very accessible. Uh, typically, if someone calls our office, you know, we're, we're available via cell phone. You know, we text our clients. So we have a good relationship with our clients. So just go online, look us up, RazorKidip.com. Or call 212-274-0090 today. 212-274-0090. Is that right? That's right. Call that yeah. number today. Look, I've got a lot of friends who are attorneys, Joseph Takapina, dear friend, 47 years, Arthur Idala, 46 years. My wife is a great attorney. But uh, you guys are right there at the top of the list with those guys in terms of friendship, respect. You're both brilliant. You're both heroes. And you're both very handsome, which is all that really matters. And, uh, <laughs> right back at <up. laughs> So thank you for coming in today and continued success. And let's continue this conversation until we find out the day that Daniel Penny is, in fact, innocent. All right. Thanks, 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 for, thanks for all, all right. you do for us, thank man. Thank you. You we got it. it. You got it.